Hello everyone, this is Sarah with Cornfed Witch here with another episode of Witchy Goodness coming from the heart of Omaha, Nebraska on a cold, so very cold winter day. So today, I want to kind of wrap up my ritual arc with um, discussing cakes and ale and the variety of stuff that you do to finish the ritual. It's it's pretty uh, self-explanatory almost, but I'll go ahead and bring bring um, some information your way. So, so cakes and ale is um, one of my favorite parts of the ritual because you get food and you get wine or you get beer or whatever you drink. Um, in my usual circle, we use water. Whatever. Whatever feels right to you. And a lot of times it will be something that you have on hand if you can't afford to go out and get something specifically for the ritual. So cakes and ale. So we've gone we've gone over evoking and and petitioning and invoking. So the next thing we have to do is we have to thank the gods for being with us. Now, like with any house guest, it's polite to offer refreshments as common courtesy. And the gods are much, much more important than just a regular person that you have over. So, like, you know, for a casual get-together, this is, you have asked them for a petition, and it'd be rude not to give them something in return. So, you kind of have a feast. So, cakes and ale is one of the major components of a ritual. You know, you're thanking them, you're offering food, you're offering drink. Now, barring any any extenuating circumstances, like if you don't have anything, you um, you want something that has not been touched. You don't want to eat before the guests. You want you want them, the guys, to have their part first. You want to make sure that you save part of that. So, a lot of times the cake will be made something natural, like um, bread, anything that really is made out with natural natural ingredients. And the drink, typically it's wine or, or beer or water. And that's, you know, of course comes from the earth. Now, in a pinch, you can really use anything available. I have used Oreos for the cake, and I've used Coors Light for the, the ale. Whatever you have on hand, don't feel like your ritual is less important or less worthy if you are less elaborate if you are if you are low income and cannot afford. So to begin the cakes and ritual cakes and ritual, cakes and ale part of the ritual, you want to make sure that you offer like for example, there's many ways of doing this depending on what your tradition is. So Typically, you want to offer up the cakes. Well, I'm sorry, the, the wine first. So you like raise it up into the air and say, thank you, insert God and God name, for blessing us today. I offer you this wine. Or something similar. You can come up with whatever feels right to you. 
and then you'll take a sip of it and say blessed be or something similar or thank you and with the the cake you really do the same thing well I should back up so after let me back up a few steps because I got something incorrect there you don't take the drink first you want the the gods to have it so you pour a little bit of it out into a libation bowl and say to the gods thank you or something of the sort and with the cake you basically do the same thing you offer it up put some in the libation bowl for the gods thank them say blessed be and then eat your cookie or what have you and then you you meditate for a bit. This goes into what is kind of a, like a social hour, depending on your tradition and what you want to do. You just kind of meditate in the presence of the God. You enjoy your meal and reflect on your ritual. You know, converse with the gods, bow, pray, what whatever feels right. And so after that part is done, then you will, you will begin to close the circle. And that's really simply you're going around the circle like you did when you were casting it. And then you dismiss the quarters. A lot of times this is done counterclockwise or widdershins. Because it's the opposite of casting the circle. So you'll go to each each quarter and do what you did with that quarter only in reverse. You may say some banishing a banishing calls like Spirits of the North, thank you for being here. Stay if you will, go if you must, and thank you. And then continue with each of the directions respectively. And then once you get back to the center, you will you will close up the the ritual. And once again, do you want to do what feels best for you? But a lot of times you can say, "Thank you for gathering here. Stay if you will go if you must." Mary meet, Mary part, and Mary meet again. And then you close the ritual, and it, it's complete. So that's, that's kind of like a run, like a play-by-play -play of the latter half. It's no less important than the prior, the prior parts. And because this is a beginner podcast, or it's beginner-friendly, I didn't want to go into depth as well. Um... I'll, I'll probably do that later. I just want to give you a good rundown so that you can complete your first ritual, which you should now be able to do. And what I like to do after a ritual is to have a meal and to like ground myself because sometimes I get kind of high after or doing a ritual and I need to really come down. And yeah, it's it's like a whole energetic mess. I'm like giddy a little bit. A good practice that you should do if you practice if you practice with a group is to discuss how the ritual went and 
notice anything that happened or anything unusual or feelings that were had. And you want to write it down. You want to have a record of the ritual. This will serve you, serve you well if you ever want to do it again. And also, you can, if you keep a book of shadows, you can write it down and come back and see how far you've grown in your progress and your practice. It's it's pretty great, and I my circle likes to have fellowship after the ritual and when we joke, eat eat some potluck food. If you're not from the Midwest, a potluck is where you bring a dish to share. It's kind of like. What's the luck of the food today? You know, potluck. I've heard it called a carry-in. Would you carry the food in? Whatever you call it. It's food, and it's good food, and the person that's in charge of baking, in my particular circle, bakes the best goods, and you can fight me for that. I mean, other than my mom, of course. She is amazing. So... Now you should be able to finish out a ritual by yourself. And of course, I do want to hear about your experiences and what you've written. You can send that, send those stories to me at, at cornfedwitch at, I'm sorry, cornfedwitch at gmail.com. So I'm going to go into our correspondences of the week. And I'm, I'm picked out Oak. Because it's protection, I kind of want to do protection and grounding since that's something that you do outside or after a ritual. So the herb I picked, and once again, these are from Cunningham's Encyclopedias, Magical Herbs, and Crystal Gems and Metal Magic. So I picked oak. So the folk names are white oak, dur, Jove's nuts, juglans, which is Latin. This planet is sun, its element is fire. It's associated with Dagda, Dianus, Jupiter, Thor, Zeus, Heme, Janus, Rhea, Sybil, Hecate, Pan, and Erata. Its powers are protection, health, money, healing, potency, fertility, and luck. Ritual uses. Since the oak was a source of food for early settlers in Britain, as well as Europe, it came to be revered and worshipped far back into prehistory. The Druids, traditionally, would not meet for rituals unless an oak was present, and the very words oak and druid, some say, are related. Religious idols are fashioned from oak wood, and witches often dance beneath the tree. Magical uses. A tree as long-lived and strong as the oak naturally offers magical protection. Two twigs of oak bound with red thread so that they form an equal armed cross makes a potent safeguard against evil. It should be hung in the house. Acorns placed in windows guard against the entrance of lightning, and a piece of oak wood carried protects its bearer from all harm. If you catch a falling oak leaf, you shall, not ha shall have no colds of all winter. When a sick person is in the house, make a fire of oak wood and warm the house with it to warm the house with it to draw off the illness. Do this only if you have a fireplace, of course. Carry an acorn against illnesses and pains, for immortality or longevity, and preserve youthfulness. Planting an acorn in the dark of the moon ensures that you shall receive money in the near future. Carrying an acorn increases fertility and strengthens sexual potency. Carry any piece of the oak draws good luck. 
There are other kinds of oak trees. Each has the same basic powers, but each expresses those powers differently. Observing and asking the oaks can reveal to you the finer points of their powers. So there you have oak, which is a pretty, pretty cool herb, if I do say myself. I have gathered some, some acorns from particular graves that I'm fond of. I do really like cemeteries and, and all that comes with it. Not a fan of death, though. Death is pretty serious. But I am a fan of necromancy. So for the crystal, I, I picked obsidian. It's projective. It, the planet is Saturn. Its element is fire. And the deity is Tiscato Lapoca, which is Aztec for smoky mirror or shiny mirror. Powers, protection, grounding, divination, peace, magical ritual lore. Obsidian is simply lava that cooled so fast that the minerals contained within didn't have time to form. It is a naturally occurring glass. The ancient Aztecs fashioned flat square mirrors of this black glass for use in divination. According to legend, the famous Dr. D, a magician alchemist, hired by England's Queen Elizabeth I, may have used one of these mirrors in his scrying sessions. It was a popular material for fishing, fashioning stone knives, spear points, and arrowheads, and when used for these purposes, it is often known as flint. Since arrowheads have magical properties, see flint, or such arrowheads have magical properties. Magical uses. Obsidian is a grounding, centering stone. Hold it in your hands or place your bare feet on two small polished pieces when you're flighty or can't seem to get your physical life in order. Remember, the physical is the path of the spirit to the spiritual. Each is a reflection of the other. Hence, so above, or as below, so above, so above, as below. Within and without and all that. Obsidian is effective when, carrying or, when carried or used in protective rituals. One involves, evolves, one involves surrounding a white candle with four obsidian arrowheads that each point to one of the directions. It sets up aggressive energies that guard the place in which it is set up. Spheres of obsidian still fashioned in Mexico are fine scrying tools. If you don't have good results scrying with quartz crystal, try a piece or sphere of obsidian for some of the blackness of the stone allows easier access to the subconscious mind. Now obsidian is pretty great, but also be reminded that um, appropriation is pretty easily accidentally done. So just be mindful of what you're doing and make sure that you're not like mocking it or what have you. That disclaimer aside, sometimes I'll put like obsidian or black stones around as like a protective barrier. I used to have a negative coworker that I worked I used to work with whose energy was pretty terrible and I would not only carry a stone in my pocket, but I would set it up on my desk as sort of a mental barrier against their energy. That was just a bad situation all around. And obsidian. I would love to get like a big plate of obsidian so I can scry. That'd be great. I also sometimes occasionally make black mirrors for scrying. 
and I'll I'll do it in it and episode on screen later so they can go into more in depth but black mirror is is pretty great it's almost like like obsidian but it's just like a spray painted piece of glass um, i i do make them and occasionally sell them so check out my etsy shop corn fed witch so so now you know about oak and obsidian and you do know how to clear out clear out Close out a ritual, and I am confident that you have the power to do this. And I am here for you. If you have any questions, email me at, at or at email me at cornfedwitch at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at, at cornfedwitch. I also have an Etsy shop and a Patreon for you to check out. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm super excited about discussing Inbulk because I am so over this cold, and that's what I'll be talking about next week. Once again, my name is Sarah. I hope you have a wonderfully blessed weekend, and thanks again for tuning in to Corn Corn Fed Witch. Bye.